Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. And welcome to another edition of After Hours with Defoe and Luby here on the Believe Network. Jeff DeForest along with Mike Luby Lubitz. And since we last spoke with this gentleman, uh, you would have to say many blockbuster activities have taken place <laughs> on his beat, the National Football League. Uh, the number one NFL insider from Yahoo Sports, their senior writer, Frank Schwann, joins us here on After Hours with Defoe and Luby. Frank, how are you, my friend? What's going on? You're, yeah, you're not kidding. <laughs> this has been, you know, I, everybody says this all the time, right? Oh, this is the craziest, craziest off season. This is the craziest. This, is, this really is the craziest off season. I, I can't even. I, I, there's never been this many stars and this many quarterback switch teams. It's it's been really zany. It's insane, and with the quarterback carousel that's taking place, and uh, let's start in your fair city of Denver. <laughs> Where, uh, what, is there more snow expected today? I mean, are you guys getting pounded again with another uh, 12-inch uh, storm? Is that what's happening? <laughs> I thought we were just rain today, but uh, you never know here. It changes by the hour. Yeah, as does uh, the quarterback situation in the NFL, uh, not the least of which, and kind of overlooked because, uh, you know, we were naturally immersed in the things that were happening here in South Florida with the Miami Dolphins, some dynamic changes taking place, and, I hate to uh, say, and I do this very reluctantly, Frank, but uh, they've almost made me uh, buy in again that they're on the right track. But uh, Russell Wilson, I mean, coming to Denver, uh, what what kind of impact do you see that having? I mean, uh, this is a move where, you know, there's been, uh, you know, the Drew Locke era, if you will, and that wasn't exactly uh, something that uh, you were going to put in a time capsule and preserve forever in Canton, Ohio. But uh, what what did you make of the – change Russell Wilson and, and how much can he add to, to what Denver already has in the mix? Yeah. And the funny thing is, I mean, that, that move feels like it happened like six months ago. <laughs> <laughs> since, since that was the first major, that was the first pretty much major move of the off season. Uh, and I, I give Denver a lot of credit. They had to get off this quarterback carousel at some point. I mean, it is, trust me, being based here, I mean, every off season it was, uh, oh, is it going to be Paxton Lynch or Trevor Simeon? And can Drew Locke do the job? And is Teddy Bridgewater the answer? And what about Case Keenum or Joe Flacco? It's just, it's just absolutely just horrible. I mean, their quarterback situation was just such a mess. And they needed – it seemed like one of those teams that really did. They were one quarterback away. If you get a quarterback, you can compete. Well, now you got your quarterback. And I thought it was – I'm personally of the mind that – Russell Wilson is still as good as ever. I, I chalk up any struggles he had last year to his injury, and I don't know why anybody wouldn't. I, he, he came back too quickly from major finger surgery. What do you expect? Like, we all knew it was possible that he was going to struggle when he came back, and he did. So I think he's going to be just fine. That was a great move for them. It changes all the outlook about about their season, about you know what they could be, and and Russ should be good for a few years. I mean, he's not just a one year deal, so I, I think that this was a it was a great move just just for Denver to have some hope at that position finally. I thought of all the moves made, and this was pretty much like I said the first, I, as I remember it anyway, the first major major move of the off season. I still think it was the biggest move of the off season because he's the one guy who just totally changed everything about the, the organization. Now they can feel like, hey. 
we have enough pieces now that we could go compete in the AFC West and maybe go compete for the AFC. After hours with DFN Lobby here on the Believe Network, talking with Yahoo senior NFL writer Frank Schwab. Follow him up on Twitter at Yahoo Schwab. Well, what's interesting is it might not have come out of nowhere because the murmurs we've talked to you now almost two years about Aaron Rodgers to Denver. So Denver was looking to make a big splash. They did this with Peyton Manning. They The guys they had drafted just weren't working out. And everyone said it all year long. Wow, if they just had a quarterback, this team could really compete. So they were going to get a quarterback. The Russell Wilson at Denver stuff, I didn't hear much about it. Was it a big – were you hearing a lot about it? Because it feels like almost no. it sort of came out of thin air. All right, we're going to get Russell Wilson. And then they went and got Russell Wilson. Yeah, and it almost happened like – it felt like it happened 20 minutes after Aaron Rodgers said he was going to stay in Green exactly. Bay. Almost like – but but Denver had, I guess, you know, I mean, a deal like that doesn't come together that quickly. Yeah. They had been talking to Seattle a long time about this deal. They kind of kept it under wraps. Nobody, I hadn't heard anything about it. And that did it absolutely blow me away. I mean, it was a, a jolt, like, wow, what Russell Wilson. But you knew that this front office wanted to do something. I And I, I think that they pretty much knew it. Aaron Rodgers is the number one goal here, but. If we can't get caught flat-footed again, like they did last year, which really they did. Like they, on draft, uh, you know, around the draft, they I, I truly believe that they thought we're going to get Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers, and then when Rodgers didn't happen and that fell through, they just didn't have a plan B. Really, like it was, what are you going to do? And, and part of that was timing, you know, late in the off season and all that kind of stuff. But this time, I think that they came in the off season saying, we'll, we'll keep an ear out for Aaron Rodgers, but we need to do something. We, we can't just come back with Teddy Bridgewater. Something's got to happen. So was it a, a major move? Yes. Was it, it, it a bit surprising? Yes. But you look back and you say, yeah, they, they had to do something and, and they were going to get something done. Talking with Frank Schwab, the senior NFL writer for Yahoo Sports. Uh, like the uh, long-suffering people of Denver, especially when it comes to uh, the quarterback position in the post-Elway era, we have suffered since 1999 here in South Florida with the Miami Dolphins. And it's kind of been sending the clowns uh, ever since the retirement of the great Dan Marino, uh, not just at the quarterback position, but in virtually all aspects of the organization, which seemed to hit rock bottom with the firing of Brian Flores, the uh, shocking and surprising firing of a guy who had had two straight winning seasons with a team that was uh, designed to tank and possibly finish with zero wins in his initial year as the head coach. Uh, then uh, the allegations, the assertion that perhaps Stephen Ross is guilty, guilty of sports bribery for offering money to deliberately go out and lose games. You couldn't have gone any further down and fallen out of public favor any more than the Dolphins did. And then they get Tyreek Hill. <laughs> and uh, that's in addition to a couple of other good moves along the offensive line uh, that, that look to be uh, fairly substantial and significant. And you're thinking, wait a minute, you have Tyreek Hill on one side, Jalen Waddell, who's like Hill Jr. on the other side, and you've improved supposedly your running game. You have a new head coach. Uh, should we be buying back in uh, to this Miami <laughs> Dolphin team? Uh, and uh, did any of this happen, in your opinion, by design? I I didn't like the Tyreek Hill move. I get it. I, and I get why people are excited, and I get why I could work out. Tyreek Hill is a phenomenal talent, but – you basically paired the best deep threat in the NFL with a quarterback that can't throw deep. Like, okay, I don't, I don't know how that fits. I don't. Is he just going to become a yak guy where you know Tyreek Hill's just doing a bunch of crossers and maybe? And you know, uh, McDaniel's a smart guy and he can figure this out offensively and and use a talent like Tyreek Hill. But I just don't like the fit. I, I don't. It just 
and I compared it a lot across sport to when the Lakers acquired Russell Westbrook. I was like, I like Russell Westbrook as a player, and I hate him on the Lakers. Well, he doesn't fit what they do. And I don't think Tyreek Hill really fits with the Miami Dolphins' offense with Tua. Like, we'll find out, though. And I think that's a big part. And my coworker, Charles Robinson, talked about this. And I, I agree that the move is basically either Tua succeeds now, where he's got, you know, the better left tackle and a, and a top five receiver. Or the next quarterback's going to want to, you know, you're going to you're going to have quarterbacks wanting to come to Miami to play in this offense and probably succeed. And Tyreek Hill's not just a one-year guy; he can be a multi-year guy. So, and that I get it. I, I get that this is kind of the referendum on Tua and whether he could do it. But man, I, I don't know if I love the fit. He's a he's a heck of a player. I get why Dolphins fans would be excited. Maybe this is going to work great because great players and and a smart new head coach. Maybe figure this thing out, but. I just don't know if it's – I just didn't understand really the fit here. Look, at, uh, not that Debo Samuel is on the market, but Debo Samuel type would have been great for Tua, a guy who, hey, hit him in stride, let him go do – you know, get 20 yards after the catch. Tyreek's more of a I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to outrun the defense and be five yards open downfield, 50 yards downfield, but I don't know that Tua is necessarily the guy to take advantage of that. But we'll see. And, hey – if Tua can't do it this year, there, there really are no more excuses. This is, this is his year to prove it or not. Since we last spoke, some guy named Brady decided to come back. <laughs> what, what, what did you make like of that? Five minutes, like five minutes, like five minutes after the NCAA tournament selection show, and you guys yeah. know I do a lot yeah. sports betting wise for Yahoo too. And I'm just, my head is down. I'm, I'm writing about the brackets and the what the region favorites and all that, and I'm just getting texts like, "Wow, Tom Brady, Brady, whoa, yeah, you know." And I'm like, well, "What happened to Tom Brady? Did he pick Michigan to win the tournament or something? Like, what, what's going on?" And then, yeah, of all times, like. It's like, not now, Tom, not now. And I don't think this is really what happened, but it's fun to joke about. I wonder if Tom Brady looked at the NFC and said, I could walk into a Super Bowl in this horrible conference. I'm coming back. Why? It's not even going to be difficult for me to win here. The NFC, I, I, it's, you know, we've seen it basketball happen sometimes where it's like, oh, wow, the West has all the good teams and the East stinks or whatever. The AFC seems like it has – I don't know, nine of the top 10 teams. Uh, it's crazy. Yeah. yeah it's, I mean, the, the AFC is just loading up to basically beat the chiefs and the NFC, like who, who even has had a good off season in the NFC? I guess we're in a Tampa Bay just because they got Brady back. Everybody else, like who who has improved really in the NFC? The, the Packers haven't getting rid of Devante and the, and the Rams haven't really because they, they don't have a lot of cap space or anything. It's just, all of the talent has gone to the AFC this offseason. I've never seen anything like it, really. It's, I guess maybe back, you know, back in the 80s when the, the NFC won every single year, it's kind of like that. But it, this is just weird where it's going to be – again, seriously, when I when I stopped to do power rankings and over the summer, I anticipate that pro, literally probably eight, eight, nineteen of my top 10 teams are going to be in the AFC, and I've never seen really anything like that. Well, and that's the thing that I wanted to say because you talk about the Broncos out west. <laughs> Look, the AFC as a whole is scary. The, right. the Browns are legit. And the Bengals were in the Super Bowl as much as everyone is literally writing them off. They were in the Super Bowl. The Dolphins had one of the best defenses. Now they have every offensive weapon they could need. So to a, whatever you want to say about the long ball, he is accurate and he should have a better line. So the Dolphins should even be mm-hmm. better. And they fir- flirted with the playoffs the last two years. The Bills, everyone was picking them to go to the Super Bowl. So like whatever you want to say about the AFC as a whole, the West is scary. Like, the NFC West last year seemed like it was going to be scary. Then the Cardinals became the Cardinals again. There's no weak team. Like, the Raiders, people want to make no. the weak team. Well, they 
were in the playoffs and should have beat the Bengals. The Chargers, if their coach wasn't a moron, would have been in the playoffs. And they've added two yep. beast defensive players. The Broncos were already legit. Had a, like, and the Chiefs are the Chiefs. It's like, what the hell do you do with the West? Like, to, to try and figure out the AFC West. I know. Good luck. <laughs> I've never, I like, I, and I've said this, and I, I tried to think of some of the Marino years, actually, too, and I couldn't do it. I can't remember a division that had four better quarterbacks all at once. Because you look at it, and Mahomes is going to the Hall of Fame someday. We all know that. And Russell Wilson, I think, is going to the Hall yeah, of Fame yeah. someday. Justin Herbert, it's only two years, but okay. He's probably the best two years of any quarterback by since Marino. And your worst quarterback is Derek Carr, who's coming off a heck of a year. I've never seen a, a division that stack of quarterbacks, and not just quarterbacks, it's teams. That any one of these teams, except maybe that I've been saying, any one of these teams could finish first or last. Really, like you could, except maybe I don't know that the Chiefs could finish last, but I don't know. Like they've lost some guys, so it, it's rare to have a division that loaded where you could say I, I could see the Chargers. I can see the Chargers winning a Super Bowl or finishing last in the AFC West. <laughs> that's, 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 I, really, wow. like you could make an argument both True. ways. I mean, it's they're they're so. I mean, the, the, the AFC West is just it's going to be phenomenal. But that, it's not just the West, like you said. It's the Bills, the Patriots, who we didn't even mention. The yeah, I mean. All these teams, the Browns and the, the Steelers, if Trubisky's anything. And, I mean, it is it is a crazy good conference. And even, like, the Colts of Matt Ryan, Colts. they have a good roster around him. They're, 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 this, this conference is running 10, 11, 12 deep. I mean, and like you said, the Raiders are a perfect example of everybody's writing out the Raiders. Raiders are, are you know, last place, worst team in the AFC West. Raiders won 10 games last year and added Devontae Adams and Chandler Jones. Like, <laughs> why are we writing them off? Like, so, yeah, it, it's the AFC West is, is absolutely going to be a beast, and but, but the AFC as a whole is just unbelievable. Frank Schwab of Yahoo Sports with us here on After Hours with Defoe and Luby on the Believe Network. And uh, uh, it's always interesting uh, to see yeah. all of the different developments, including the Matt Ryan uh, going to the uh, Indianapolis Colts. And uh, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, what form of sabotage uh, is this for the Atlanta Falcons where they have to eat $40 million <laughs> in cap space on the books? They don't have Matt Ryan there. And they're going to go with Marcus Mariota who uh, doesn't seem like uh, much more than, than a guy at this point that can come in, maybe fill in as a backup and, uh, you know, ha have a good game or two, but uh, in the long run doesn't seem like somebody that can hold up over 17. No, I, I actually kind of, I mean, I feel bad for Marcus Mariota because he gets another shot with a team that, has a terrible offensive line, no receivers, no run a game. Like, well, how is he going to succeed? Like, it's, you take your, you know, you don't say no to a starting job in the NFL when you're a quarterback like Marcus Mariota who might not have another shot, but you're in one of the worst situations you could possibly be in, and I can't see him succeeding. So, yeah, you're, you know, Falcons just said, looked around and said, you know, our, our buddy Calvin Ridley was off in Florida making parlays. He's gone. Like, we, what are we going to do? We don't have a team that can compete right now. Let's let's just blow this thing up, take the cap hit, just just hit the reset button. It's going to be a tough year, but but hopefully we come out better on the other side. They almost had to. They, they, they holding on to Matt Ryan at some point was just not work. You're not going to Super Bowl with him, and I think that there was a, a sense. I hope anyway of Matt. You've done so much for this organization. We're going to give you a shot. Like we're we're not going to compete with you. We know that. We don't want you to be on some four and thirteen team uh, at the end of your career. Go to the Colts. Try to win one. And he's got a shot. I. I I, I don't know how much Matt Ryan has left in the tank. I don't know how much of his struggles last year were him, how much were the surrounding cast around him. But 
I mean, the Colts are good. The Colts are a really, really good football team. They just don't have a quarterback. Like Denver we talked about. But maybe Matt Ryan, uh, behind a really, really good offensive line with a great running back, maybe he could be rejuvenated. I, I'm not ruling it out. I mean, that the roster and coaching staff I like so much. The Andrew Luck retirement just totally changed the NFL. It really did. I, I, tro- I, I believe truly in my heart that if Andrew Luck doesn't retire, the Colts have been in at least one Super Bowl by now, maybe two. And uh, But now they're just this year-by-year quarterback stop. So we'll see what Matt Ryan has. I don't know if it's much, but maybe it was just – Hey, he was in a bad situation, and now he's in a really, really good situation. All right, uh, Frank, you, you mentioned uh, you've been handicapping the tournament for Yahoo Sports as well, the NCAA tournament. This uh, another example of it being the year of the cleaning lady, as I would imagine. Uh, I, I would imagine that there's no chance that anybody at this stage has a perfect bracket going to the Final Four, and yet when you look at the four teams that are involved in the Final Four, I mean, you could easily make a case that this is – uh, the Final Four that contains the most fabled collection of organizations in the history of college basketball, all in one Final Four, rated number one by many people. Um, what, do you, what do you forecast here? I mean, uh, I'm going to be in Atlantic City, so I'll have a chance to uh, legally wager uh, on the uh, championship games, semifinals, uh, the first round of the Final Four. Uh, Duke in North Carolina, does Coach K write a Cinderella story this year, or uh, does he uh, taste uh, another bitter defeat? at the hands of the Tar Heels. And, of course, uh, Kansas would appear to have a big edge, even though they're only four-and-a-half-point favorites over Villanova, who lost one of their top players in Justin Moore. Yeah. Yeah, and that's probably why I'd pick Kansas, just because I, I, I don't know how Villanova, which has no bench depth, I mean, they play no, none of their bench guys. They basically just go run with their starters all game. And you lose your second leading scorer. Like, I don't know you can replace that. So I'd tip with Kansas in, in the championship game where I think Duke's going to get – I mean, we saw North Carolina kill Duke in Coach K's last home game. So North Carolina can obviously win that again. But I wish I would have listened to myself a little bit because before the Sweet 16, I'm sitting there and I'm writing. And, I, I say, you know, may, are we just all sleeping on Duke? They have four first-round picks coming up in next year's draft. At least everybody says they're four first round picks. All thing coach, they're Duke. They just won the ACC regular season title, and they're fourteen to one to win the championship. What are we missing? Why? Why are we not? And then I pick Texas Tech anyway to, to beat them. And <laughs> you know, so yeah, you know, I can sit here and write about it all day and, and still not pull the trigger. But Duke has the talent. I mean, they could do it. I, I, I think a Duke Kansas final. Coach K's last game would be unbelievable. I mean, Duke UNC on Saturday is going to be great. I I love the Cinderella story. St. Peter's is great. Like, all that stuff is cool. I love it. But once we get down to the Final Four, I want four good teams. I really do. I, I want four. Give me the four. I, I, I'm one of those guys where if it's four number one seeds, I'm like, bring it on. We're going to get four great, or three great games this weekend. So I love this Final Four. I'm really looking forward to it. But I think Kansas just – they had the easiest path to the championship game, and I think that the way they played against Miami was unbelievable. That you you all score another uh, elite eight team forty seven to fifteen in the second half, like whew, wow. I, okay, you you showed something to me. I, I do think Kansas gets it done this year. Yeah, we spoke with Jim Laranega, the uh, Miami coach, on our Ion Channel show earlier this morning uh, in very good spirits. I mean, uh, I don't know that anybody could have anticipated they would do as well as they did. Uh, certainly not. They yeah, were picked 12 going into the season in the ACC. Yeah. So uh, he was a very happy man. And uh, the illumination it gave to the program certainly uh, might help him as every coach right now is peering into the transfer portal and saying, 
uh, we can get two guys that can already play. And, uh, you know, uh, the recruiting uh, aspect of college basketball uh, has certainly uh, changed in terms of its uh, dynamic. Uh, all right, a little pop culture here to finish things off, Frank. We always appreciate talking to you about uh, the National Football League especially and didn't even realize that uh, you were significantly involved and immersed uh, in the NCAA tournament from a handicapping standpoint. Uh, uh, biggest hit, Sid Spednarik, would you say? Will Smith and the Slapshot remake <laughs> on Chris Rock? What did you think? Oh. I thought I didn't watch it. I didn't watch Oscars and yeah. stay up for it. And then I get up the next morning and I'm looking at this thing and I thought it was, I, I was like, Oh, they did some funny thing where they staged this. And then I watched a video yeah. and I'm like, Oh my God, that really happened. Wow. That was real. Like, okay. Or oh, maybe it was staged. I don't know, but I, I think it was real. And yeah, that was, it was, you know, it, it's the, is anything ever like ever happened no, like that man. in an award show? I can't nothing like this. It's crazy. Kind so I guess. yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm glad will. Yeah, right. I'm glad will apologize because it you know it was a. I get it. I get it. It was a. Is it it probably a really bad joke and a really bad reaction, and neither guy really looked great coming off of it. So you know, hey, but it, it added some spice. So hey, if you're if you're telling me there's gonna be a slap in every award show coming up, yeah. I'll watch. You know, hey, <laughs> Grammys, okay, hey, is somebody gonna get slapped on stage? All right, let, let me tune in. Well, we know that Chris Rock eight can take a punch or, or a slap uh, open. Uh, <laughs> yeah. and, 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 I mean, you look like Marvin Hagler in the Hearns fight, uh, you know, where Tommy hit him with his best shot and uh, Hagler just looks back and laughs. So that was great. And, and where was security? That's what I don't uh, get. During that time. I mean, can, can anybody yeah. just walk I mean, up What do you do, though? What are you going to tackle? You're going you to tackle Will Smith? Yes, like, Will Smith is worth. Will Smith is worth $500 million. You're not going to go tackle him when yeah. he's walking up on stage. And I'm sure everybody thought, it, oh, this is going to be some funny bit and whatever. No, right. no, no. It was, it was just it was a, it was a significant slap. Yeah, you know, classic stuff. Uh, all right, always a pleasure, Frank. Thanks so much. Appreciate the illumination you've given us on the National Football League and other things as well. And uh, we'll talk to you again very soon, we hope. Thanks for joining us on After Hours. Absolutely, Thomas. Appreciate it. Thanks, Frank, man. All right, Frank Schwab. I didn't realize he uh, was doing handicapping I've seen him on, on Twitter uh, say. throw some stuff about gambling, but I just thought that was him talking about gambling because, like, guys like Peter Futak, who does college football, will reference other sports and lines because it's what is popular now. I didn't realize yeah. he, like, does it for Yahoo. So that's good to know <laughs> that we can have and another We have another degenerate asset. source that we can go to uh, for our various shows uh, where we have a tendency, unfortunately, to, uh, you know, for some people to just uh, – excessively push the gambling aspect of uh, all sports and life in general, well, which it is. It's a gamble, Luby. It, it oh, definitely is. Sure. I tell you what, uh, this this wasn't that particular team. I think it was a 73 team where Tug McGraw coined the phrase, you got to believe, uh, for the New York Mets. But earlier this morning, too, if you want to check out our Ion Channel show, you can Google the Defo show, D-E-F-O, and uh, you can catch our interview with Art Shamsky of uh, 69 Mets fame. He's going to be at the Hall of Fame ceremonies for Gil Hodges, who posthumously finally got in. A lot of people thought that that was uh, long uh, overdue and uh, well justified. Gil Hodges' induction into the Hall of Fame this year, uh, despite the fact. And his wife uh, is still alive, believe it or not. Yes. And uh, I, I remember uh, a guy that uh, I was working with, uh, and, and he's a uh, you know, known announcer, Howard David. You know Howard David, of yeah, course. Yeah, yeah, we met him. Um yeah, he, uh, he does a great job on play-by-play uh, -play and uh, virtually all sports. And uh, he, he was obsessed for some reason with Gil Hodges getting into the Hall of Fame. And he interviewed his wife, I want to say, this had to be circa like over 20 years ago, Luby. Wow. And, and she was old then. So uh, the fact that she's still around, I mean, holy sister Jean. 
That's a good thing. So uh, she'll be on hand for the ceremonies. And uh, Art Shamsky, who we had a conversation with, that was a lot of fun on our Ion Channel show. And also uh, another uh, great conversation on basketball and the uh, Hurricanes run with Jim Laranega, the head coach of the team. Uh, so uh, if you want to check that out, uh, that's today's edition of the Defo Show on Ion Channel. Just Google the Defo Show and you can catch all of that on both audio and video. So uh, you can see why uh, Luby and I uh, like to uh, roll incognito. <laughs> and without any video here, we love the platform of the Believe Network, where, where it doesn't incorporate the video stream because we're a couple of ugly guys. Uh, <laughs> all right, uh, we'll do it again tomorrow. A lot of fun being with you. Thanks to Frank Schwab for joining us on After Hours. From Mike Luby Lubitz, I'm Jeff DeForest. And uh, as Tug McGraw would have said, I believe it was in the 73 team, around the 73 team, uh, where they also went to the World Series of Mets. you got to believe, people. Hey, folks, Tony Segreto here. Let me ask you a question. What do you look for when you go out to eat? Good food, obviously. Friendly atmosphere, not too loud, but good energy, reasonable prices, and a place where you feel comfortable. All those ingredients, <laughs> no pun meant there, are hard to find unless you're talking about the Texas Roadhouse. You see, they encompass all of those attributes. Really, really good food. Amazing atmosphere. Good for a family, good for a date, or just a night out for yourself, and prices that will make you extremely happy. Their ribs unmatched. Steaks, hand-cut every day. Everything, and I mean everything, is made on site, including their incredible bread. It's the one day, folks, that you can forget about low-carb diets. Trust me when I tell you, Texas Roadhouse, your restaurant, your destination, when you say, where should we go and eat tonight? Recently, we realized it's not just hurricane season that can hurt us. Any time of year, things can happen to your home or business. And the insurance company can be your friend, but they also can be your enemy. Horizon Public Adjusters, Justina Testa, are here for you to help this process go so much easier. Before you call the insurance company, call Horizon Public Adjusters and Justina Testa at 954-809-8752. Would you go into court without an attorney? So why would you go up against an insurance company without Horizon Public Adjusters and Justina Testa? Seven to ten times more money recovered with a public adjuster than if you went on your own. If there's no recovery, there's no fee, give them a call at 954 809 8752. Why go up against insurance companies alone when you can have Horizon Public Adjusters and Justina Testa on your side? Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.